Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome, everybody, to the second episode of Strick and Roll. I am joined today by a very, very special, uh, you know, very special guest, somebody that I truly despise and hate uh, with all of my heart. It is Jonathan Macri of Nick's Film School. John, what's going on? Um, I'm just, I'm, I'm kind of insulted I wasn't the first, the first guest. Who was the first guest? I should know this, but I don't. Uh, that's a really good question that I am completely blank. Oh, it was, uh, it was James and Futternick and we just did a very, very, uh, self-indulgent Sopranos, uh, Many Saints of New York episode. You know, I'm actually embarrassed to say that I have still, uh, not seen the film. Um, because you know, I, I lollygag a lot. I don't, I just, I kind of just waste time. That's my, that's my, yeah, you, you're, you're, you're never doing anything. Uh, I don't do much. I don't do much. Yeah. I mean, the big thing I think is that, you know, you're really as, as an Italian American, you kind of have to pick up the pace here though. On that. Um, well, and, and so there have been, uh, one or two nights where I thought about popping it on, but my wife has indicated to me that she would also like to see the film and, those nights when I had that thought, she had fallen asleep um, with one of the children. So when you get someday, uh, I, you know, maybe in 20 or 30 years, you'll get married and um, maybe your significant other will want to have children and you'll, you'll um, get, you know, you too will be um, introduced to the, the trials and tribulations of, of married life. Yeah, I'm very pumped for that. Uh, definitely <laughs> looking forward to it. I'm sure you are. Uh, I can tell. <laughs> uh, but I don't think anybody is interested in hearing about my excitement about potentially getting married at some point in life. But uh, before we get started, I have to make the announcement of all announcements. Uh, the one I make every single episode now. Uh, we at the Strickland have a Patreon now. Uh, you can find it at patreon.com slash the Strickland or on our homepage at the Strick.land. This pod right here, Pod Strickland, on Mondays will remain free. Draft Strickland is free. Alex, Zach, and Matt's mail.bag is free. Uh, and we will likely be adding another podcast to the lineup, which will also be free moving forward. Things that are changing, Pod Strickland on Friday with me and Prez and my mailbag with Jeremy and Drew will be on the $6 tier and above. Uh, my solo pod. Uh, we'll be on the $9 tier, but the reason to actually subscribe to that tier is not to hear more of me ranting and raving. It is for exclusive weekly articles from Jack Huntley and Matthew Miranda, two of the best writers around in the Knicksverse. Uh, if you want even more access to us, you can join the $15, $30, $50, or $100 tiers, which include many benefits ranging from watch parties, sitting in on pod recordings, guest appearances on podcasts, and even hosting a podcast yourself where you can tell me I am a jackass. Uh, 
no matter what, if you are a Patreon or not, your support is appreciated. None of this would be possible without you. And we're going to start talking about the Knicks now. So let's talk about it. Uh, they are three games into the season as we are sitting here on a Tuesday afternoon uh, recording this. Uh, they have a game against the 76ers tonight who may be without the services of one Joel Embiid. Uh, he's listed as questionable for today. Coming off a pretty horrific ro- a loss, but I don't, like, it's a bad loss. They lost the Magic on Sunday. Everybody hated it. Uh, I still think there's way more to be positive about so far this season than negative. Like, honestly, my main negative is Kemba needs to, like, find his balls and just play basketball instead of trying to be, like, the nicest teammate ever who doesn't step on anybody's toes. What are your thoughts on that? Um. Well, my thought on the first thing that you said about your you think it's more positive than negative, I, I agree with that. I um. I think it. I, I struggle to imagine a world where somebody would have said before the season to me that like the Knicks are granted three games, small sample size, but on pace to break the all-time record for most uh, you know threes in a in a season. Um, <laughs> you know, it's cool. Uh, we'll, we'll enjoy it. No, but I mean, like you know, there were concerns. I mean, as recently as this offseason, because the Knicks were yeah. whatever they were. They were twenty fourth in, in three point attempt rate. I think. Um, the about, offense was like a lot of Julius just, you know, do stuff at the elbow, right? That yeah. was the offense. <laughs> yeah, and exactly. And, and, and look, he, he got the most water out of the rock that he could get. Um, or I've, I've argued in the past, it's probably a, a term that you could find to multiple arguments. In any case, um, I like that they're shooting a lot of threes. I think they're good threes. Um, I feel like there's a flow to the offense, uh, give or take a handful of um, possessions that we would maybe like to have back. Um, and then as far as Walker, like, I just, I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I don't, So here's the thing. This is spoiler alert, Schwinn. I'm not an athlete. Uh, never have been. Oh. Hmm. Yeah, I know. I know. Real, <laughs> it's a shocker there. So like the notion of like, having an injury to a knee that you've clearly relied on for, for, for a long time to do some things that you feel most comfortable doing. Like if you quote unquote now feel healthy, right? Like which Kemba has in, in maybe not as many words has said, he's like, I, you know, I feel good. Everything's fine. I can play every night, the whole thing. But like, is there a loss of something there that he's still, grappling with is this a mental thing where like you had indicated he's trying to just be the good teammate like i don't know what's going on but there's clearly something going on because like it's just it looks you know it looks off i I just can't put my finger on exactly what it is yeah uh i just looked at his first three games from last year that he played Uh, oh they were horrible right yeah they're really bad uh one of them was against the Knicks. actually the first game of the season that he played last year was that beat down in boston uh he shot over those three games. He shot thirty eight and a half percent from the field, twenty nine point two percent from three, uh, five assists, three turnovers, minus ten point three. Uh, you know his plus minus average for those three games. And uh, but this is the difference, and this is why I don't think it is. Uh, he's trying to get healthy. Thing uh, he shot fourteen point seven shots per game uh, okay. average in those three games. And like right now, I watch him, and like I don't think he's diminished physically necessarily. I mean, he's obviously not the guy he was in Charlotte, right? Like we know that. Yeah. Um, but like I don't watch him, and I'm not thinking like 
man, he just looks slow or like he can't move. It feels like he's not comfortable just doing things. Like he's not comfortable being Kemba yet within like the team frame context. Yeah. And, and it feels like every possession for him, he's like thinking through everything he needs to do. And at some point, like I mentioned this on our pod, uh, uh, on our Monday pod, but like, I think at some point, like, you know, I, I, I'm sure you remember this, where last year, like, you know, Julius had that conversation with Reggie where he's like, dude, just shoot the fucking ball when you're yeah. open. Like, yeah. like, I feel like Julius or Tibbs or somebody just needs to have the conversation with Kemba where it's like, dude, just fucking be Kemba Walker. Like, we don't want, like, I don't want you to be Frank Nilakina. Like, bring the ball up the floor, toss it to Julius, and run to the other side of the court. Like, if we wanted that, then we would have just kept Frank, you know? Like, and and I saw people, like, really shitting on Kemba's defense on after Sunday's game. I didn't actually think his defense was that bad. Cole hit a Cole hit a bunch of pull-up jumpers. I thought the breakdowns were team-oriented, not, like, Kemba getting destroyed. Uh, I would say an example of that was, like, that final preseason game against Washington when he, he really did just get that, bullied. Um, you I took don't the think words that, out of my mouth. I thought that the Neto um, abuse was the only time we've seen him in a Nick uniform thus far where I'm like, oh, this this, this might be a problem. Yeah, and, like, I don't – I'm like, it's just weird to me because in the first two games when I watched him – None of his issues, none of the issues I had with like how he was playing had anything to do with defense. Like I, like I mean, first of all, the second game was a joke. Like Cole and and Suggs had nothing going on in that game, so I don't know how anybody could like be worried about his defense in that game. And then the first game, like you know, Smart and Schroeder they didn't do much. Uh, so like, I mean, granted, he's not this is not like a murderer's row of point guards he's faced so far. Um, but like the big thing on Sunday to me is, yeah, I mean, it's fine. Like. I, People will be surprised by this, but in our third game last year, Alfred motherfucking Payton had 27 points on Drew <laughs> Holiday. Um, and, like, you know, it's fine. Like, guys randomly will go off, right? It, it just happens. That's the nature of an 82-game season and yeah. how it works. Um, but, like, to me, it's just that's one where what do you want from Kemba in that situation? I want Kemba to look across the court, see Cole Anthony, and be like, that is food. That is just like, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to put up 25 tonight in my sleep. And that's really what I think we need to get from him or mentally. So, um, I don't know. I, I'm, I feel like the, my, my response to this is going to be to just touch on a larger point, which is that I, the, I don't want to say it's a challenge, but like something that I feel like we've seen in now a season and, and three games from Thibodeau. Um, and actually, no, it's more than that. It's actually, this is really more of a Randall point. So this offense for for the last three years has been, I would say, very, very Randall-centric. Uh, two years ago, obviously, you could throw Marcus Morris in that mix um, and obviously RJ. And I um, I think those have been the biggest figureheads um, of the offense uh, since they kind of went out and revamped the, the roster. Two years ago, again, obviously, I don't think there was ever any semblance of synergy between players on the team. I think last year, um, we, as you referenced, we saw some stuff between Randall and Bullock, especially in the second half of the season. That was nice. I think we saw like the like the seedlings of stuff between Randall and RJ. Although I don't know how you feel, I don't feel like there was, that really ever got to a point where I'm like, oh, that's that two man game is on fire. You know, I think uh, uh, I think like. RJ is not, he doesn't have that off screen shooting no. that like pairs really well with Randall, yeah, but that's fine. Right. Like they can still like play. They, they, and they definitely did like, it was much better than the previous year. Right. Where 100%. you felt like, 
where they where you felt well, like <laughs> I mean, that would have been tough to be worse. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it felt like they hated each other's guts. And yeah. last year it just looked like I mean I thought they played fine together. Um, no, no, no. I'm yeah. I'm not suggesting yeah. that they played poorly together. Just like when you, you yeah, know, yeah. like if if Dre if Draymond and, and Steph, who, who we, we know you love, um, is like the peak <laughs> example from like the last five years in the NBA, then like how, how close can you can you get to something right, like that? Right. Um, and then like also with Derrick Rose, like Derrick Rose is obviously. A, amazing addition to this team i never felt like i was watching him and randall at the same time and be and like those two guys are making each other better not to say that the team wasn't better when they were both on the floor at the same time but again it's like talking about that that synergy like independent variables like they say they're both playing well at the same time but it's not because they are making each other better exactly um or at least not directly it's like maybe like indirectly because you know yeah. someone's paying more attention to somebody you know that whole thing so this far thus far this season i feel like we've definitely seen some some little snippets of randall and fournier like again as as you just said because like fournier is that type of of shooter where like it's it's going to cause problems i i just this is my very long-winded way of saying i would love for kemba in addition to just having those possessions where he's just kemba um, and he's like going downhill and the whole thing, um, to try to develop that with, with any, any of those guys, you know, Fournier, uh, RJ, you know, Randall, I feel like maybe there was some of that with, with Fournier in Boston last year. I, I yeah, admittedly yeah. did not watch enough, but oh, you weren't, was, you weren't crunching Celtics. Tape? Wasn't, wasn't crunching the old Celtics <laughs> tape, uh, last season, you know, just, but like when I tried to take in as many of like the clips as I could after the signings happened, then I was yeah. like, Oh, okay. These guys have something. Um, I guess the only other question I'll, I'll have is like, you know, there's a possession that sticks out from, um, I honestly forget which magic game it was, but, um, where Kemba had like Wendell Carter Jr. on him, I think. And you could tell he's like, all right, I'm going to put the moves on. And I, I couldn't, it, it seemed like the moves might not have been there. Yeah. I, I think it's the one where he like drove to the rim and then he just like, tried to pump fake and then he went up and he got stuff that sounds like yeah that sounds like yeah and i I just like when i watched that play it felt like it didn't feel like he got the switch and he was like okay i'm just gonna go it felt like he got the switch and he's like well i guess i have to do something now uh so i'll do it but like he wasn't really like it just didn't feel natural like i've watched kemba enough in my in my life to know like when he's feeling good it just like you know like it's the whole New York city point guard thing, right? It's like all very like off the cuff, creative kind of like, you know, pull up shooting handle, whatever, but he's like a very creative player off the dribble. And right now it feels like he's just thinking too hard. So everything is like, everything is a, is a, it's like, he's actually thinking it. And then he does it. It's not just like he's playing. Um, As opposed to Fournier, who was like, Fournier probably, yeah, he probably needs to chill a little bit, but I don't I don't hate I don't mind most of his decisions. It's just sometimes when I'm like, why are you trying to split the double team? Why are you taking a step back three for no apparent reason with 15 seconds left on the clock? Yeah, um, that happens. Yeah, Good I mean night. that that happens. That's part of it. It's also like these are habits that you form and get away with when you're like you just have to be the number one option in Orlando for 5, 6, 7 years, whatever it was. Um I'm not too worried about him, to be honest. I think that, like, he's shown enough. He's got, like, he's pretty good. I, I've already seen, a, I really like that hook pass he does in the pick and roll when he comes Ooh. from the wing. Yes, um, yeah. That, that one is good. Uh, the, to go back to the Randall thing, I just think, like, one, when Randall initiates the offense, things, like, slow down because that's just how he's going to operate, which is, like, fine. That's 
that's how he plays that you can't really expect more than that it's but you don't want possessions to just be like okay Kemba brings the ball up tosses it to Julius you know about above the break like 25 feet out and then he just goes to work like you want to get him into those isos out of something more like Kemba gets into the paint and kicks it back out and it swings back to Julius and now he can go uh, and do his Julius thing and I also think that like you know, look, Julius has talked about this. He may he overcomplicated things in that Atlanta series. I think yeah. uh, he's like, you know, some of his tendencies tend to be like he's trying so like you, we see this a lot with him last year. And I think we've seen it early on this season where he's trying to create like a good shot for somebody. But it's like, dude, the, the shots there already. Just give it to him. Like, you don't need to do any more right now than just make the pass. And I feel like he's trying so hard to draw attention of the defense before he makes a decision sometimes that it's just, like, hurting the flow. And then when you're already not getting in the offense, like, until 16 seconds left on the clock, which you've been weirdly doing with Kemba, which is another thing he just needs. It's like, dude, just bring the ball up the floor faster. I, I don't know what's going on with him and Julius where they're, like, you know, they're, like, meandering the ball up the floor. And then Derrick Rose comes in the game, and it's like, he shot of a fucking cannon. Um, I mean, the speed, like, the, the, when they have showed speed thus far this season, it's like they feel like they're unstoppable at times. So, yeah, yeah I completely agree. Just to go go to that more. Yeah, and I just think I just think Julius needs to, like, I kind of got it in the first game where it was kind of like, a, hey, you guys spent all summer wondering if I'm, like, you know, if this is real or not, and fuck you, it's real, like, I'm amazing, like, deal with it. And I, I got that. That's fine. Like, you, you know, you got to let, stars are stars because they can just have games where you hate all of the decisions they're making, but it doesn't matter because they're making shots and you're like, okay, well, what am I going to say now? Um, but like, I thought, especially this, the, this Orlando game, the second one was like a really, it wasn't like awful, but it was, you just felt like, especially in that second half, it was a lot of Julius just deciding, well, like, well, looks like nobody else has it. So I'm just going to, I'm doing this myself. Um, and, and and it kind of just seeped into everybody, really. There was only, like, that stretch at the end of the third where yeah. Rose came in and Obi was in, and they, like, kind of just sprinted a lot and, and got buckets. But it, it even then, it didn't. It felt, like, very individu- individualistic and not team-oriented, which, you know, Tibbs basically said, right, after the game and, and uh, the next day, I think, after practice. Like, he, he definitely was not happy. Um and I expect to see some kind of reaction to that. And like, look, this is also the growing pains of actually having talent, right? Like, like now Ju- Julius has to have a game like that sometimes because then he'll look at the film and be like, oh, wow, like RJ was open. Evan was open. Kemba was open. Like all these guys were open. I'm just missing these passes. Well, I mean, if you think about the the rotation right now, it's like, I don't, I don't, maybe we haven't paid attention to, to how much of a difference it is from last year, I mean, obviously you have the two new starting players in the starting five. You have Mitchell Robinson, who played 31 games that last year, and like some of those were off the bench. Um, you have, I think, Emmanuel Quickly and Obi Toppin are both feeling this. I, I it's uh, to me, it's kind of obvious with with Quickly and Obi. It's come a little bit easier for him, but like maybe it showed up in that in that last game where they're like, okay, it's year two. We've put in all the work. Like we hear, we we're, we you know our our coach has praised how much time we've spent in the gym, and now it's like th- there's not that there's an expectation of increased production, but there's like an intru- expectation that it's like going to come easier, um, or it's going to I don't know flow a certain way. I, I I I'm not articulating it well, but like I could see 
the fact that those guys are entering year two being a thing that's like not holding them back, but like I think in Quickly's space, I, th- I think Quickly's maybe push, putting a little bit too too much pressure on himself. That's an assumption, but it's one I'm making. Um, Rose obviously now here. He wasn't here for the first half of last year, um, and then like the center rotation has been has been obviously it's just Mitch and No Noel Taj for one game. So like there are a lot of moving parts. I think the team that we saw last year and that we came to love and like you kind of had an expectation what you were going to see on any given night from, from on both ends. Yeah. It's like that, that, that was born out of consistency. Um, and just like reps upon reps upon reps. And I think, I think like, uh, and look, you, I'm going to do something that I very rarely do. I'm going to give you some credit here. Uh, Um, Why are you doing? (laughs) Uh, but like, look, you talk about how things are going to, they're not necessarily going to be the same. Like, I think, there needs to be a discussion and like i was actually really disappointed about it in tibbs in that la- in the second orlando game because we didn't see the ob and julius lineup like we didn't yeah. see much of that and i think like that's a lineup that gets us out of these doldrums because ob just plays like if you watch him he's literally oh he, he, i don't know if you remember this but like you remember there used to be those segments on like how kyle corver and like guys like jade like he, he couldn't stop moving on offense so like he literally would just like have to keep moving and like running around and making himself open. Like Obi is like the big man version of that. Like he can't stop moving. Yeah. And I think we need that because we have a lot of guys who like to get the ball and then like hang out with it. Right. Like Rose likes to Julius likes to, Uh, I don't, I think RJ is like pretty good about moving the ball, but he's more methodical. So it's like kind of like a more plotting nature to it. Evan likes to have the ball. Like all these guys like to have the ball, right? Campbell, Campbell likes to have the ball. Um, But Obi gives us somebody who is like, very much like happy to play off of the ball, even if he's involved with the action. And I think he also speeds up the game for us because obviously gets out in transition, but I don't think people have paid attention enough to kind of how he makes the game frenetic, especially with Julius on defense. Like they, yes. we, we play completely different and we are like forcing turnovers and we're switching and all this kind of stuff. It speeds the game up. It creates like a more up and down pace to it. Um, and you've been all over this, uh, you know, you've been optimistic about how those two could pair together. I've been less optimistic and I am being proven very wrong. I think, uh, I mean, granted it's a very small sample size, but I think it's, it's very promising what we're seeing. None of it feels like, oh, this is just like, it's not like they're winning those minutes because of crazy hot three point shooting or something, right? Like, no, 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 no. Yeah. No, I think those minutes because they're playing well. And, um, to your point about like, Noel's going to come back, like, Taj in that last game, he played ten minutes. Did he do anything that you thought looked like he didn't just have a baby three days ago? Like you know what I mean? Like he looked completely tired and just out of it, which understandable. He just had a fucking kid. Um and Noel's gonna come back, he's gonna get minutes. I think that's actually a good thing with like rim protection, blah blah blah. But like, is Tibbs willing to have games where he's like, Okay, no this Noel thing or you know, whatever, Noel, Mitch, like we we need to change it up. Like, let's just go with Obi here. Uh, I hope he does. And I hope that, like, the injury kind of issues we had to start the season maybe opened his eyes. But that's something definitely, I think, to keep an eye on. Yeah, I mean, I've been encouraged by it. I, to Just to to the point about you're making about Obi, um, it's probably oversimplistic to say, but I feel like good things happen when he's in the game because he's just kind of... He's all over the place, like you're saying. It's frenetic energy. Like I, I think there's something to be said for like when you have a guy like that who's always bouncing around. Like a defense can't relax, especially since he has the capability to like fly in from everywhere 
and like you know if you're not on on the ball on the on your on your toes um to get back in transition like you're gonna get beat like the my favorite plays that i've watched this year have been the couple of times where it just it really does look like he gets shot out of a cannon um when he's making it back in transition and like you compare it to like other big guys and it's there's no there's no comp um as far as like how those two can function together i've been i was i almost fell off my couch the other night when i think julius julius blocked somebody at the rim but it was oh it was uh mo mo wagner um yeah and i'm like i that's i don't remember julius ever having a block quite like that you know he timed it well it seemed like he got up a little bit um Obi has had a couple a couple blocks. You know, also Obi also got dunked all over uh, by Mo Wagner the other night. It, and, but he contested the shot. He like didn't concede it. You know, which yeah. I appreciate it. And I, I I like again like I again like I'm gonna criticize Tibbs, but like I I kind of understand. It's weird. Like he's getting used to this the having more weapons and like mixing and matching and finding. You know, he's got to find the right buttons, right? And that game was weird. Nobody could hit a shot, so yeah. he's kind of like hoping to weird. find. So he's just like hoping to find somebody who could hit a shot at some point. Um, but like I, I didn't think Obi and quickly, like I, I didn't like their their minutes in that game. It felt like they got quick hooks at weird times, uh, and weren't really ever able to get in the flow of the game. I, I actually completely was on board with not playing quickly in the second half against Boston. I just think I think quickly is actually having to make the biggest adjustment now because he yes, probably spent the I entire agree. summer he probably spent the entire summer like the Knicks told him, right? Like, we want you to work on your point guard skills and blah, 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 and all this shit. And then he comes back and, like, Derek Rose is, you know, I don't blame Derek. Derek Rose is awesome. He's playing out of his fucking mind. And Derek is, like, he's on the ball a lot. And now, quickly, he's back to the role he was in last year where he's playing off of Rose. And I think he's trying to have to find the balance of, like, okay, I, well, you guys told me to add these skills and I have added these skills and I'd like to show them. But, like, I need to do that within this team concept and that's actually hard for me right now and i think he's gotten into trouble in the the orlando the second orlando game and the boston game where he's like he like wants to show off his skills and he wants to shoot the ball and he wants to score and like that's fine i love that i want him to score too but i think he's settling for bullshit like i think he's he's settling for some shots i less less so in the second orlando game again i thought his hook was like kind of unfair um i think you could yeah. argue he played a better game than burks even if he didn't make a shot um yeah I didn't, I didn't my only my big issue was burks i thought was was in there for a bit bit long uh in the second orlando game but a, a lot of people have pointed that out yeah and i just yeah i mean again i it's not like a crisis to me about quickly i just think it's it's something to watch and like i i do really think that his adjustment this year is going to be um it's a little harder because he got kind of the 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 taste for you know, being on the ball a bunch in summer league, obviously he had a nice rookie season. Uh, it's natural. You want to take that next step. And I think RJ is having to deal with this too, right? Where he's like, Oh, for sure. He, yeah. he wants to like show off like, and like, I, I know people are like, well, he hasn't even made like a, you know, an off the dribble jumper yet and all this stuff. And it's like, that's true. But I also think if you look like, it's really hard to just not really be in the flow of an offense, which is like, look, let's be real. The starters haven't established much good flow in their offense. It's really hard to not be in the flow and kind of be an afterthought really at times. Uh, and then all of a sudden just be like, okay, now I have the ball. I'm going to shoot an off the dribble jumper and it's going to work right now.
You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.